Hello, this is Gurmeher from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 14th of February. SEBI and the Indian government have agreed to the Supreme Court's formation of an expert committee to examine the securities market's regulatory system and prevent share meltdowns like the Adani Group's. However, they have requested to suggest the committee's mandate and members' names to protect the market from any disruption. Solicitor General Tushar Mehta, representing the government and SEBI, informed that the committee's mandate would be of utmost importance, especially with its message to domestic and international investors. According to a 22-page submission note from SEBI, the board was already investigating the allegations in the Hindenburg report and the market activity preceding and following its publication. SEBI reassured the market that the events related to Adani Group after the report only affected a particular group of companies and didn't significantly impact the market. SEBI also pointed out that Indian markets have experienced more turbulent times, including during the COVID-19 pandemic when Nifty fell by 26% in just 13 trading days. Despite demand for the same, SEBI did not resort to banning short-selling during such times. Instead, they have taken measures to safeguard the market against sudden and unusual price movements and excessive volatility, including the market-wide circuit breaker system. Tax department officials have raided the BBC's office in Delhi and Mumbai just weeks after the release of a controversial documentary titled India, the Modi Question. The raid saw the confiscation of documents and phones of several journalists and a temporary sealing of offices by more than a dozen officials. The officials claim that the raids are part of a tax evasion investigation into the BBC's operations in India, which the company is fully cooperating with. The move comes days after the controversial documentary was banned by the government and emergency laws were invoked to prevent any links or clips of the film being shared on social media. In response to the searches, Gaurav Bhatia, a spokesperson from Modi's ruling Bharatiya Janata Party, described the BBC as the most corrupt organisation in the world. On the other hand, member of the opposition criticised the raids, with Congress MP Gaurav Gogoi stating that Modi is, quote-unquote, brazenly showing India's slide into authoritarianism and dictatorship. The BBC is the latest organisation to face a tax evasion investigation following critical reporting on the Modi government. In 2020, Amnesty International's India operations had to be shut down after their accounts were frozen by a central government agency. The raids on the BBC come as the broadcaster faces increased scrutiny, including a petition to the Supreme Court to have the BBC banned in India, which was dismissed by the judges. Home Minister Amit Shah had shared his views on the Hindenburg Adani Row and the Popular Front of India in an exclusive interview with ANI. In response to the ongoing controversy surrounding the Adani Group, Shah declined to comment, citing the Supreme Court's involvement in the matter. However, he reassured the audience that the BJP has nothing to hide and dismissed allegations of crony capitalism made by the opposition. Shah also pointed out that during the Congress era, there were significant scams worth 12 lakh crores. In remarks on PFI, Shah accused the outfit of promoting, quote-unquote, radicalism and religious bigotry and trying to prepare, quote-unquote, raw material for terrorism. He criticised the Congress for attempting to close cases against PFI members, but clarified that he did not equate Congress with PFI. The PFI was banned under Unlawful Activities Prevention Act for five years for terror links, and Shah noted that the government decided to ban it because it had begun to extend its activities to other parts of the country. Shah also stated that the ban on PFI and its associates for five years was implemented in September 2022 and that there had been no adverse reaction from society. He accused the PFI of engaging in quote-unquote vote bank politics. 
Listeners, Sadiq Kapan, an Indian journalist, was recently released on bail after spending over two years in custody. The authorities have accused him of conspiracy to fuel unrest and of links with banned outfit PFI. However, Kapan has denied these accusations. In an interview with Manisha Pandey, Kapan talks about his time in jail and his plans for the future. It is titled, Sadiq Kapan on UAPA, 800 Days in Jail and Dissent. We can bring you such interviews and reports only because you've got our back. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. Our subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. The Supreme Court has asked the central government to respond to a PIL pertaining to the lack of deputy speaker in the Lok Sabha and several state assemblies. The case is being heard by a bench of Chief Justice of India D.Y. Chandrachud and Justices P.S. Narasimha and J.B. Pardiwala. Additional Solicitor General Vikramjeet Banerjee appeared for the respondents on Monday. The petition, filed by Sharik Ahmed, argues that the lack of elections to the post of Deputy Speaker in the Lok Sabha and in the states of Rajasthan, Uttar Pradesh, Jharkhand, Madhya Pradesh and Uttarakhand is contrary to the mandate under Article 73, 93 and 178 of the Constitution of India. The petitioner highlighted that the Deputy Speaker's vacancy creates a constitutional void and the citizens are deprived of their right to be governed as per constitutional mandates. The petitioner urged the court to hold elections for deputy speakers as soon as possible and to complete the process within a month. The tradition of electing deputy speakers from the opposition party was also highlighted. The Supreme Court has issued a notice to the central government and asked the Attorney General for India to assist the court in the matter. The Syrian government has agreed to open two additional border crossings to allow aid to enter the country, which has been devastated by earthquakes that occurred last week. The United Nations announced this decision and according to the spokesman for the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, it is expected to make a significant difference. The quakes, which struck neighbouring Turkey, have claimed the lives of almost 40,000 people in the two countries. The lack of aid in wartime Syria has frustrated many, with a death toll from recent earthquakes exceeding 5,700 people. Aid groups claim that the main impediments to rescue efforts are the Assad government's mismanagement and refusal to engage with all areas of the country rather than Western sanctions. In Turkey, the death toll has surpassed 31,000 and over 1 million people are homeless. Despite dwindling chances of finding survivors, the UN has opened two new border crossings in Bab al-Salam and al-Rai on the Syrian border with Turkey to provide aid to those in need for at least three months. Stephanie Dujarek, a UN Secretary-General spokesman, recently spoke to the BBC's World Tonight programme. He stated that it was the UN's understanding that other aid organisations not affiliated with UN had been using these border crossings and that the UN had to operate within certain parameters. While President Assad made no public comments on the issue, in the first few days following the earthquake, some supplies were able to reach the government-controlled areas of Syria. However, the devastated northwestern rebel-controlled areas of Syria remain virtually cut off as international humanitarian aid can only arrive through a single crossing from Turkey or through government-controlled areas of Syria. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. 
catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.